Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we have the wonderful guest, Cameron Reedy, a stand-up comic based out of New Hampshire. And Cameron's uh, kind of new to the stand-up game. He's been doing it for about like 15, 16 months now. And uh, he <laughs> says, uh, he's a cool dude. Uh, we have a wonderful guest host, uh, Pat Llewellyn, who has been on before. He's a musician friend who's a fellow comedy podcast fan. So I asked him to join because Pat's the fucking man. Well, uh, this was an interesting episode because I love to have comedians on, and I'm so interested in what it's like to, like, in the beginning of comedy, like, what makes you think you should get up there and do it, and how do you keep going when you're not killing it? And Cameron's got an interesting story because he's a married man with kids who you kind of, you'll hear them in the background. I think it's really fucking cool, and his style is more like a, we talk about, like, an Anthony Lee Jeselnik and, like, kind of, like, offensive comedy. So that's got to be fucking hard to do, right? To get up in front of a room of strangers and then, A, try to make them laugh and then try to do, like, the Jesselnick style of comedy. It's fucking hard. And he lives in fucking New Hampshire where there's, like, I don't know the stand-up scene up there, but uh, good for him, man. And he, you can watch them all. And he's online at Twitter at reedy to reedy He's on Facebook, facebook.com slash stories in a nutshell. And find him on YouTube at uh, just Cameron Reedy. Uh, what it, I was fascinated. Also, if you are listening to this, the date airs. Uh, this is a big day for podcasting because uh, current president Barack Obama is appearing on WTF with Mark Marin and is being released the day as this is being released. That's fucking huge. I know it's not Obama's first podcast because I had listened to him on uh, Grantland once, but this is a big move forward for comedy podcasts. So I think that's really great. Anyway, I'm um, going to keep the intro short. Make sure you check these. Uh, make sure you check out Cameron on the internet. Find Pat Llewellyn on Twitter at Pat underscore Llewellyn on patllewellynmusic.com. Check out the episode Pat came on. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about Cameron. He's got a little pretty, I, I'm going to say he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's been on a ton of podcasts. And for someone in like rural New Hampshire, he wants to stand up and he is fucking dedicated. He's got some big stuff coming up, so make sure you listen. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. Check out uh, themisfitsnetwork.com. Also on uh, SoundCloud now. Check out all the wonderful shows on the Misfit Network. And our episodes are also on squarepop.com. Well, let's get to it. In the future, humans create AI. Three days later, they have sex with it. Gigahose is a robot sex comedy with what's been called a South Park level of shock value. Creators Adam Lash and Kevin Gilligan take their concept in smart, surprising directions. It's been described as pure genius with a real clerks-like charm. Catch season one now at youtube.com slash gigahose. WTF with Mark Marin, where it's like a comedy podcast, right. but then it's just like, I mean, it's not, I love it, but it's kind of like how I think yeah. like Louie is a comedy, but it's not really funny. Right. Like it is, but it's not, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I've yeah, actually I mean, had arguments with people over that. 
stand-up comedians are funny when they stand up. Yeah. yeah. Not when they sit down. When yeah. they're on the stage actually doing their routine, that's when it's funny. You take a stand-up comedian out of their element, and they're no longer funny. Yeah. Do you feel like, – so how long have you been doing stand-up now? Uh, about 15 months. Wow. And, and you stuck with it. And it – yeah, well, yeah, and it is liter- – it's very difficult around here. Um, I love living in New Hampshire to a point, you know, because seasons and I've got kids so I can really get into it. But it's very conservative and um, it's hard to make the kind of jokes that I make because I don't ease in to the routine. I don't ease into the jokes. Like I don't go, you know, easy, cutesy, cutesy, easy, and then and then finally work my way into the offensive shit. I just nosedive. I actually respect <laughs> and, that. I think that's uh, – oh, one sec. I'm going to add uh, the guest host guy into it. Hey, Pat. Yo, what up, man? Hey, uh, all right, we're good to go. Well, we already started without you. Oh, I apologize for we're being go- a little late. No, actually, we just turned it on. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, we good. had a little panic where it turned out to be my iPhone. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we had a good laugh. <laughs> awesome. Technology. We're, we're good. We're good. We're good like that. We start without people. Yeah. That's all right, man. I had one of those epic naps this afternoon. I'm still disoriented. So you, you guys hey. both have kids, so you guys get it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old how old's your kid? Kids. I have four. Kids. Oh wow. Yes, sir. <laughs> Holy shit. How old are your kids? Uh eight, six, five, and nine months. Wow. God Three bless girls you. and I a boy, one. man. Three girls yes. and a boy. Yes, sir. Stick with the one, I promise. It's a good idea. Yeah. I'm thinking about one more, but there's already too much frozen crap in my house. <laughs> right. Oh God. <laughs> I, would do, uh, I would. I. I would stick with the one. Just with one. I promise. Anything less would be uncivilized. My uh, my son and I are completely outnumbered, and when that magical time of the month starts for all my girls, we're gonna need Kevlar and a timeshare just to survive. <laughs> you gotta find some camping trips or something. Like- Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go on camping trips, and I'll just leave them all there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, um, I forgot, so I, I was just saying, uh, so Cameron, um, so you said you've been doing stand-up for 15, 15 months now, but, so you're also in New Hampshire, which probably must have another, uh, lot of obstacles to be starting to be a stand-up. Absolutely, well, the one main obstacle is it's very... It's a very conservative state, so everyone likes music, and I can't sing for shit, so that's not a venue for me. But like, bars do not enjoy stand-up comedy. They like the same. They like bands to go up and play the same music that they hear on the radio day after day after day. That they can just drink booze, play pool, and numb their ears to. So when that music stops, and there's one guy up there that they have to pay attention to. It does. It does not work because it costs way too much to pay attention, and they're not into it. And you were saying before that you just uh, you go right for it too. You don't even ease yourself in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like for an example, my uh, my set on Thursday I did in Canaan, New Hampshire, at a golf lounge, first one ever. 
the audience showing up didn't even know what the hell they were going to see because it said open mic. It said open mic comedy night. When it's an open mic, it doesn't mean one comedian's going to be there, and it doesn't mean one style of comedian. It means a varied group, right? And this audience came to the show with a preset notion on what they wanted to hear. So one comedian got all the people laughing, and the other seven of us, barely anything. Oh, God, that's so and awkward. It, it was horrible horrible man it was adult only no children no children were even allowed to enter the building okay and every single comedian except for me because i'm not stupid so the other the other comedians being stupid went up onto the stage and asked the audience what words were acceptable to use are you out of your fucking mind doesn't really sound like living free yeah are you supposed to live free or die up there yeah, it's live free or die. I think it's just die. Pat, Pat on, because uh, he was a guest and he's a musician dude, but also a big comedy fan. So, because you know, like music and comedy always seem to roll next to each other. And, always. Uh, just been looking for excuses to have Pat to come back on. Great to be here. Well, I mean, they, they roll next to each other when you're at a festival, but other than that, they really don't mesh well. There's that old saying like all comedians want to be rock stars and all rock stars want to be comedians, but like it's hard though. Like I. But we, there are times where I, it's very rare, but there used to be like a comedian that would open up for musicians. But I think you have to be like a, a really a well-established comedian and band for that to work. Yes. They used to do tours like that all the time. Like you hear old stories about like Richard um, Lewis yeah, and touring like, uh, and opening for. Didn't Bobcat Goldwaith tour Nirvana? I wouldn't be surprised. But I know, like, real early comedy days was, like, jazz clubs, right? And, like, strip clubs and stuff? Yeah, yeah, real early comedy days, I mean, it was all, like, the person hosting for the night. Everything that would come out. That's kind of how it started. I'm just thinking, like, well, Jersey. <laughs> really, really early comedy days, the audience was so fucked up they didn't notice. <laughs> and today. <laughs> but so you, you are... So you're <laughs> for the a, most part. Yeah, you're, so you're, uh, Cameron, you're, a, you're an actual... You're a stand-up comedian. Yes. Well, I, I I would like to sit down, but they never put a chair on the stage. Oh, God, so you don't even get to do that, like, fun sit-stool thing? You don't get to do no. the, 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 the patented Marin perch? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's exhausting doing a whole hour of work. I don't know how people do it. Oh, how, fuck. I, I, I have no idea how you guys do it. Like, I... I respect the hell out of it, but it's not, it's never been anything I've watched, and I was like, I want to do that. So, so how long have you been uh, standing up uh, for? You, uh, you've been at it for a little bit. Been doing it for 15 months now. It's actually funny the way I got started, too, because I, I was watching one of my idols, uh, Ron White, because I own all of his specials on DVD. Is that the yes, I'm that much. The cigar and the... the cigar and scotch. Yeah, that dude's hilarious. The yes. only funny guy in the blue collar comedy tour. <laughs> uh, I do agree. I've actually met him in person. I met him down in Boston back in 2010. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, the the way that I actually got started doing comedy is I was laying next to my wife watching him on TV. And when the special was over, I looked over at her and I just said, eh, why not? And you did it. And that was it. And that was it. A random bar of shot of tequila and a microphone. And that that's how I started. But you're, so you're, you're, I think your, your story is interesting because you're in like 
New Hampshire, and that doesn't seem like comedy mecca. What do you got? Like Sarah no. Silverman and like Seth Meyers are from there, and that's all I can think of off the top of my head. It's not a bad Adam start. Sandler. Oh, Sandler, yeah, yeah. Sandler. But is he? Are they? Are they from more like the Manchester area? Yes. Which, when I've been down, yep. it, it doesn't feel very New Hampshire. You know, that's very Boston suburbish. Well, I mean, it's forty-five minutes outside of Boston, so yeah, it's not very New Hampshire. It's it's more Mass. Yeah. But um, no, I live in Central New Hampshire, two hours away from anything that I actually need to get to oh, in God. order to have a good show. Um, because like the the people show up to a comedy show and they don't know what they're going to see. Why go? Yeah, do they? You guys have clubs and venues and alt rooms up there? Oh God, no. There's there's like bars and restaurants, and I've had to do a show at a golf lounge. I had to do a show at the VFW. That was fun because I was performing for fellow veterans. That was actually a fun night. But I, I've had to go to random bars where I've never been to it before, and they, the the most the scariest thing to ever come out of an owner's mouth is we've never had comedy here before. Oh God! <laughs> Those kind of places I don't even want to go to. Like, really, you want me to be the first com- comedian there? Okay. How's the reception gone for you in these places? Not very good, because I don't ease into my act. I, I don't. I don't go like, oh, you know, I'll do cutesy and family-oriented, and then, you know, I'll talk about something misogynistic. I just dive right in like I'm looking for the bottom. <laughs> and so as soon as I'm done with, like, the first 10-second joke, everyone's staring at me like I have three heads, or they're ready to throw beer bottles at me. And you still keep getting up, though. Oh my god, that's my entertainment. Pissing people off is my, it really is. Like saying something that just shocks the audience to where they're going, should I really laugh at that? So you're going that's for the, my uh, the Larry David technique? Like if uh, the audience isn't laughing, you can kind of punish them, yell at them, it's their fault? <laughs> well, no, no, no. If the audience isn't laughing, I just keep going. I just say something even worse than the first thing, because if they're not going to laugh, I'm not going to go any easier. And that's the only I'm way you're gonna... actually going to find your people. Yeah, I'm just going to go keep harder digging. and harder and harder and harder, and, and, and eventually they'll either laugh or they'll leave. Have you had people walk out on you yet? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my, my last... <laughs> My last show in Canaan, New Hampshire, on Thursday at the golf lounge, I had an older couple get out, get up and walk out because my first joke was about a pedophile. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, um, I, I, can actually, I can actually say it if you want me to. I mean, I, I'm all for it. If you, if, Pat, are you up for it? Uh, my, We're all friends here. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that stuff. I'm all, I, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. So the first thing, and I didn't even introduce myself. I just got up onto the stage and was like, thank you all for being here. I said, uh, I was going to shave for this event because normally I have a clean shave when I go out to shows. So I said, I was going to shave for this event, but I decided not to because when I do, I look just like my five-year-old son. And I didn't want to make the decision any more difficult for the pedophile living with us. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that, uh, you know, it, 
That sounds like funnier. Hearing the story sounds hilarious, but like, <laughs> I think going up there and saying that it's, I, it, I, you should doing stuff like that is just funny because like it might suck in the moment, but when you retell the story, it's fucking hilarious just to think of uh, exactly people's reactions. Like, <laughs> like now I can get up onto the stage and I can and I can tell that story and then I can tell the reaction to the story yeah. or vice versa and make it funny. Exactly. That's pretty you know because the bat because the rest of that joke is you know that guy has a hard enough day with one boy and three girls to choose from I don't want to make it any more difficult <laughs> as a well uh, and and then the last thing I said was well I he used to be a priest so I think my girls are okay <laughs> oh how does that go in uh, is New Hampshire very Catholic uh yeah. Yeah, no masses. So I'm, I'm down in Rhode and Island. Actually, that last part got a laugh out of the entire joke. That part got a laugh. And then immediately after that, I was like, what a way to open my set. And that got a laugh, but nothing else. <laughs> like, really? That's pretty incredible. <laughs> Are you gonna turn Speaking to of kids, kids I, hear some, I hear some action in the background. Oh, yeah, they're eating dinner. <laughs> How many times have you guys this both is had lunch a... frozen? Uh, I can't count. I hate that fucking movie. I, I don't have kids, and I saw it, I think, once, and I was like, this is a good movie. Uh, and anyone I know who has children was like, oh my god, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it yeah, off. Yeah, once once it's a great movie, but my entire goddamn apartment is full of frozen stuff now. I went to a tricky tray last night. Like a casino night tricky tray fundraiser thing, and of all the fucking prizes I put in for, the one thing we win is the giant basket of frozen stuff. Uh, your daughter, it's for you, you got it for your daughter. I did, but now I'm just sitting on even more crap. There's nothing else we can possibly get frozen. I don't think at this point. Well, Disney will find a way to stop the DVDs production for a year and then re-release some special edition, so you get oh, to buy course. it again. <laughs> right? <laughs> she my, made me buy my... the the soundtrack on vinyl, picture disc. Oh, oh God! So I'm sorry. Wait, how, how old's your daughter, Pat? My daughter is almost two. And she made you buy it. We we were in a record store, and she saw it, and yeah, she, that's on you, man. She was like, "Frozen, Frozen." Yeah. Like, All right. I mean, if you're gonna pick out your first record, I'm gonna support it, even yeah. if it's Frozen. <laughs> you're like, right. well, all right, we all, we all got to start with something. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Cameron, are, are you first... in, are you in, are you into music at all? Because hey, what uh, if her first record was like? I've been to a what? A bull moose. It's a it's a record store. It only exists in New Hampshire and Maine, and it's the best record store of all time. No, I can't say that I have. You should find one. But but now I should probably go. Hey, what if her first record had been like Fifty Cent? <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird really, if she I saw that and then the started crying at it. You're like, huh? How do you know who that is? <laughs> Well, no, I'm just curious, because you said the first record you'd support, so what if it had been like 50 Cent or Marilyn Manson? Uh, I mean, I would I would accept her being young and not understanding. Does 50 Cent, is he even out on vinyl? Like, Oh, absolutely. Okay, I don't know, I don't follow vinyl. Yeah, no, there's pretty much anything you can imagine. Yeah, there's been like the vinyl resurgence that I, yeah. Big I time. went to like a fucking... Uh, like this weird flea market place yesterday in like northern Rhode Island, and it was like straight up from like American Pickers, and it was just 
a part of culture I didn't know it existed, and it was really fun. Just out there. But I saw like a lot of weird like old vinyl stuff, like boxes of old Wheaties, every video game system that's ever existed. I almost bought a Virtual Boy. You should have. I almost did, but then I like remember using it when I was younger, and it like burdened my retinas. Did they have a Did they have a Sega CD? Yeah, I do. I swear to God, I have not even like thought of a Sega CD. And I saw that a Sega Nomad, a Sega Saturn, like wow, there's all these systems I just did not know existed. Well, I had forgotten that existed. Oh my God, to go far back, it had a ColecoVision. Wow. And I was like, Did it have a Jaguar? If it had a Jaguar, it's the Holy Grail. I don't know what that is. So then maybe Atari Jaguar. I, I don't Greatest know. System of all time. I don't know. I'm I'm just old enough to remember the tail end of Atari. But like I think SN any NES is more of my childhood. Obviously. I don't know. What do kids play? Now? Well, I have a PS3. I think what PS4 is the new one. What do kids play with now? Um, I yeah, don't know. Got... iPhones and iPads. Yeah, is that that's weird. So they play with dick you... pics on Snapchat. <laughs> Give it time. How old's your oldest child, Cameron? Eight. Eight. So do they have a cell phone at eight? Is that too young? That sounds young. No, uh, they're not gonna have cell phones ever until they can buy one on their own. Because no, I don't. I don't feed into that crap. But I've seen five-year-olds with cell phones. Yeah. I live. I live right outside of New York City. And I think every three-year-old has their own iPad. And preschool is teaching kids with iPads now. What shit is that? Isn't that bad for kids, too? Well, when they can more... navigate... Oh, go ahead. When, when, a five-year-old can, when a five-year-old can navigate an iPad better than a student in college, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Are you going to be more like, because you're in New Hampshire, like some more of the woodsy and like like the Ron Swanson of uh, fatherhood? Crunchy organic. <laughs> well, no, not really. On. Well, not really. But I mean, if my kids want to stare at a computer screen more than go outside and play, they're not going to have a freaking computer. Yeah. Like, I, I want them to go get lost agree. in the woods like I used to. Did you grow up in New Hampshire? Yeah. So your central, oh, I don't, I don't know. See, I know like southern New Hampshire, and I know like the coastline, and because I went to school in Vermont, but like, uh, we, I always would go to Keene, and like I remember going to Claremont like twice, and that's about it. Yep, I'm in Newport, which is actually ten miles, I think, west of Claremont. Oh, okay, my aunt and uncle like ha- have a house in Chester, Vermont, and I remember yep. like we wanted to go to the movies, and I really wanted to see This Is the End, and it was only playing like. Is Springfield, Vermont, near Claremont, New Hampshire? Yes. Okay. Yep. And, and I remember just going outside to, of it, actually. Yeah, I remember like we went we went to eat in Claremont, and I'm like, this is a really nice town. <laughs> and that's all I remember. <laughs> but I was watching like your YouTube video. You were performing like on the floor at like a bar. Um, which one? Uh, it was on your Facebook page. I don't know which one it was. It's kind of grainy. It looked like a cell phone video. It was like an open mic, but they didn't have a stage for you. Oh no, that yeah, that was in West Leb at the Seven Barrel. If you're talking about the one that has like the really colorful background, where I I like I walk away from the camera and then get in front of a microphone. No, no, it wasn't that one. It was one. It was just like it, honestly, it looked like uh, an entrance behind you. 
Oh, okay, yeah, that was a coffee shop. That was the Java Cup. Oh, okay. And that yep. was Claire. I saw Claremont. I was like, I know that town. Yeah, that was. I think the the comedy experience you're describing in New Hampshire directly parallels the experience of musicians in rural New Jersey. I didn't. Well, yeah, like, the, well, like there's nothing there. Like there's nothing there. I mean, you you can play places, but it's VFW halls. Like we we came up playing in VFW halls and Knights of Columbus places and really shitty bars. <laughs> it's just on the floor. Nobody really knew what to expect. Yeah. Fights break. Right, up. like. Like they'll they'll advertise it on their little board with like a dry erase marker and the time and your your name will be the tiniest thing you've ever seen in your life and like you need but you need binoculars while you're standing right in front of it just to see what they fucking wrote and they always get the time wrong they always spell your name wrong and no one knows and and no one knows you're even supposed to be there and it's been advertised all over town for like a fucking week. And then you show up, and they're like, what's going on tonight? What's comedy? I never heard of that. <laughs> Is that the like, Jay Leno I went, talking? <laughs> like, I went to a biker bar, a biker bar, which was actually one of my first paid gigs. And they they had my name up on the board behind the bar as, like, tonight's event, Cameron Reedy, right? But the time was wrong. They had put it up there that I was supposed to be there an hour before it was actually scheduled. So by the time I show up, people have already been waiting for me for an hour. They've already been drinking like fish, and then they're pissed because they thought that I stood them up. Yeah, so you're the dick so, in that situation, even though it wasn't your fault. Right? So then I come in, and they're like, oh, here he is, finally. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not supposed to start for another 15 minutes. I'm early. Oh, God. Welcome Where, to the world. Oh, yeah, and they're like – It'll happen they're everywhere. They're like, you were supposed to – they're like, you were supposed to be here an hour ago. I was like, who the hell said that? They're like, the bartender? I was like, well, he's fucking stupid. <laughs> what is it about promoters <laughs> are just like the worst people? Uh, I, I don't know. I guess if they don't really know you or don't really give a shit, they they just don't give a shit. They'll, they know, oh, that sounds right. You know, they won't write it down when you're on the phone. They'll just try to remember a week later, like, oh, I think he said this time. I feel like every industry, because I had some fr a lot of friends, but like some family members who are musicians, and like the same story, like coming up to the same, like into venues and like uh, the venues just not even there. Like I, right? I think was it John from Follow? Show promoters the, are the worst group of people because they don't love art or music or comedy; they just love money. Basically, yeah, that's all it is. They're just bottom feeders. And they're not even good at making it. Yeah, yeah, like. No, maybe, they're maybe not. Maybe a good promoter is, exists, but, like, there's just some fucking scumbags. Like, I mean, in order to get like, a good promotion company, it's like anything else. You have to have money to buy your way into the decent company to get your name yep. heard to move. It's like anything else. Music, like, comedy, oh, you know, 40, acting, whatever. Like, oh, 40, $40 a month will buy you X amount, but if you pay $100, you will get this much more, and we, we still won't give a shit. <laughs> Like, what's the point in investing that kind of money? Well, you pay like, us, tell the we'll, truth. Do the, we'll do the job half right. <laughs> we'll get the time <laughs> right. Right? right? You, you, you pay us, and we'll put the wrong picture up, and we'll put the <laughs> wrong address, and, you know, we'll say that you're gay, you know, and, and that you have 20 kids. And, and then, uh, and you know, somehow it's somehow your fault at the end of it. Gotta yeah, exactly. You know, like, like... You you show up 
as, you know, a 5'11 white country boy, and they're expecting, like, a 5'2 Mexican. Has, has that happened? Have you, like, where have you performed outside of New Hampshire where, like, you're going, like, you walk in, you're like, huh, not what I expected. <laughs> um, not really, no, but I, I, I showed up to the VF, and the show at the VFW went really well because I had to drive an hour out of my way to get there anyway. And I was pissed off when I got there because everything was wrong. So I just used that. Like, I, I literally attacked the venue up on the stage when I opened the show. Everyone thought it was fucking funny. So apparently I win. I, I haven't been invited back because the proprietor was pissed off at my show. But all the people enjoyed it. So I guess it's kind of like a 50-50. Well, but I show yeah. up there. They, they had... And this is literally what happened, and it goes back to that no one knows what's going on thing. It was posted in the newspaper. It was posted on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr, on, you know, whatever the hell else things are out there. You know, there's 20 different things where you can talk to the exact same people all over again. So they had all forms of advertisement, and then I show up, and people still didn't know I was supposed to be there. Oh, my God. And, again, the time was wrong. So I show up, and they're like, oh, you were supposed to go on 45 minutes ago. Well, thanks. And then, like, and all this information, I just get up on stage, and I was like, who the fuck puts these things together? Why would you even call me and have a phone's conversation while I'm trying to hold my baby in one arm, feed my child with the other arm, and I'm talking to you on the phone like a friggin' desperate housewife? And you still can't get the show right. How, how are you getting away? For you have a pretty understanding wife, where you can get away, like travel and do, do gigs. Oh yeah, absolutely. She uh, doesn't. She doesn't like stand up, but she supports it. That's like good. she yeah. like she like me doesn't understand what is about to happen. So, like, both of us are just like, oh, like, I'm doing stand-up, oh, okay, and then all of a sudden I'm having people call, like, hey, can you come here and email, hey, why don't you come here, and we're like, well, now I have to fucking find time to do this, and I've got a full-time day job, and then I come home to four kids, and, you know, she's been driven mad crazy by them all day, and I'm like, hey, sorry, I've got to go. So well, that it, must it make does good make... material. Yeah. Yeah, a, a disgruntled wife is definitely good to talk about on stage. Oh, absolutely. It's tried and true. <laughs> I mean, that just Not, that, that shows your dedication, like man, like the energy that have of like fucking working a job, job, and then kids, and then do stand up. I don't know how you do it, man. Like I have a job, and then like this pod. I don't have to travel for the podcast, and that takes enough of my time. But that's passion for you, right? Like it just strikes. You don't know why, and then you just it's it's. I actually really love when it happens, right? You don't know what it is. It just happens, and you just fucking kind of go with it. Yeah. It just starts to happen. Like, I've been fishing for years on what I actually wanted to do with my life. And to be honest, I hate people. But for some reason, when I make them laugh, it brings me joy. Especially like when the they're laughing. Yeah, exactly. Especially when they're laughing at vulgar shit. Yeah. So who are your influences, especially, like, the vulgarity stuff, like? Oh Not god. Uh, guy. Uh, uh no. Oh god no. He doesn't even say fuck in his act. Fuck no, he that. doesn't like swear at all. No. Uh, I heard him say 
I heard him say ass on David Letterman, and that's as high as he's ever gone. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, like, got a whole – because there's, like, different levels. Like, oh, who is, like – like, David – I love David Tell. That dude's fucking hilarious. Yeah, David Tell is awesome. I saw um, him a my in- times. Yeah, my influences with the vulgar nature are Louis C.K. Yeah, he's great. Obviously. He's the guy. Uh, Daniel Tosh. Oh, Tosh. Yeah, he's – I. I live in Providence, and he's coming to like one of the theaters here. And I was like, I didn't yeah. think, I didn't know he was big enough to sell out like a big glass theater in Providence. But good for him. Yeah, uh, Daniel Tosh has like 17 million fans, maybe more. Fuck. So he's up there. His show's been on forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot about his show. Is that still on Tosh Pono? Still yep. happening. Still a lot of viewers. Still making, still making new episodes and everything. I always confuse him and Anthony Jesselnik. That's exactly the same. And, yep. Anthony Jesselnik is fucking hilarious. I want to see him so bad live. Yeah, he's really funny. Because his joking style and his offensive style is what I'm trying to model mine after. That's got to be so hard to do because I would imagine you have to eat it and then have people want to maybe fight you for a couple of years before you kind of get into the groove. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the, I mean, basic. The best way, the best, yeah, the best way to actually do it is uh, to do opening acts for bigger comedians, so that you're in front of their crowd, you know, thousand people at whatever theater you go to, and then you're saying all these jokes, and because there's so many people, you're gonna make someone laugh somewhere. Have you? Um, if, didn't Jesselnick and Amy Schumer date for a long time? Very long time, and then they broke up, and they. they I don't know. I. They made good comedy about I it, I hope. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. I'm in love I mean, with her right Je- now. She's so funny. Jesselnick goes up and talks about ex-girlfriends all the time, but he never gives names, so I don't really know. Yeah, I went, um, I went to the Oddball Comedy Fest, and uh, she was one of the people. On, her and Sarah Silverman were on it, and were the two dirtiest people besides Louis C.K. that night, and they were so fucking funny. I They were really good. <laughs> that was a good tour. I, I like... I saw the one in Massachusetts. That was a really fun time. It had some like kind of smaller names on there too, but it was really fun. I was I was actually talking to a friend of mine. I model what I do when I go on stage is I model it after uh, Jim Jeffries. If you've ever heard of him, yeah. He says, "Yep." He says that he gets up on stage and he will say and do whatever he wants to say, regardless of the audience, because he doesn't give a shit how they react. And somewhere. Somehow there will be enough people that see the material that eventually want to fill a venue. So he doesn't care what he does or how they react. He's going to do what he wants to do, and that's it. And then with that and the offensive joking style of Anthony, that's how I do my shit. That makes sense. I I like Jim Jeffries because I've seen him on At Midnight. He cracks me up. Yeah, that's that's a trash bag. That's so I, I like Jim. He's got that good Netflix special too. Yep. Jim Jeffries. Yep. Have you? Where have you gotten to? Have you gone to like any big cities to perform yet? Um, not yet, unfortunately. I'm going to Manchester, New Hampshire on Wednesday. Um, I'm supposed to be hooking up with a fellow comedian to go out to New York. I don't know when that's happening. The city. And then city? New York City. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I think you'll do a lot better in like cities than the small towns. You'll definitely do much better in cities. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Actually, the set that I did on Thursday, of uh, uh, an audience member came up and was like, "You've got to take that to New York." Oh, that's so awesome. a complete a complete stranger telling me that. Okay, I'll take your advice. Yeah, you Absolutely. Gotta, you gotta, I, now comedy has just expanded so much. Where like, you could probably find like, because you know it's such a subjective thing, but you got to find uh, venues that would fit your audience better. Yes. Better. You Until gotta, eventually they you gotta, find you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think the first you just got to get up, right? Isn't that the thing? You just got to get yeah. up and do wherever you yep. can do it. Yep. It's been, I've been lucky enough to have a bunch and of comedians. It, it is. Re- it's really difficult lucky. around here. Yeah. But you're committed. It's really difficult around here because one of my friends has been in TV for a while, and and she's like my go-to for advice. What's yeah, I mean, she she really is my go-to for advice. Um, Jessie, she's a good friend of mine. Uh, she's been in TV for a while, so she has a lot of really good advice. She's met actors and comedians and gives me all the ups and downs, and you should do this and that. And uh, the, the difficult part about it is she's like, oh, well, you just got to get out there, and you just got to get out there, and you just got to get out there. And I'm like, but if I'm standing in front of a microphone and there's three people in the whole building and they're not paying attention. They're tipping back booze and they'd rather no. She, uh, she works. She used to work with TV. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's last I heard. And then it cut out. Yeah. She used to work with TV. So she met a lot of actors. She met a lot of comedians. Um, so she's able to tell me like the ups and downs and you should do this and you should do that. And, and, like, I go to her for advice all the time, like, hey, what do you suggest? Because everything that she has told me has worked out. Like, when I come up with a joke um, out of thin air, because that's how I come up with jokes, it's just they pop into my head, and I'm like, huh, that would be cool to say. And then I just refine it from there. Like, just feeding in information and connecting it to another joke if I can, or, you know, whatever. the it's a, it's a very, It's not a very long process in my head. It just kind of happens. Um, but I'll, I'll give the joke to her, and she'll either say that she likes it or you should do you should say this instead. And every time she gives a suggestion and I say it, it works like magic. What so she, she is TV? my go-to. Well, she used to do TV. She used to do um, like, a, like a nature channel, like an outdoor channel. Um, she used to write for comedians. Um, she used to do commercials and stuff. She lives in Canada now. Um, I really don't know what she's doing now, but it's not TV. Um, but yeah, so she's like a really huge part. She's like a go-to person for me every time I want to know something. But her biggest piece of advice is, you know, just get out there, get out there, get out there. You know, because if you're not on stage, then you're not working on your material. And if you're not working on your material, you're not going to get any better. True. I agree completely. But... If I walk into a bar and get in front of a microphone and there are three people at the bar, like not including me and the bartender, just three people, mm-hmm. and they are, you know, they have their backs turned and they're sipping down booze and, you know, they're not even paying attention and they'd rather see me burnt at the stake. How does that do any good? Like I'm up there telling, I may as well be performing for the mirror at that point. Yeah, so I those <laughs> I don't go to. Yeah. Right? Those I do not go to. There's no reason, right? You just, that's the point. Exactly. 
But, yeah, but she's always awesome. like, oh, just get out there. It doesn't matter. I'm like, yes, yes, it does matter. And you also live, <laughs> you're in just such a different spot because I think it's just way easier. Even like I live in Rhode Island, which I don't think is like booming comedy scene, but it's small towns next to each other. So there's at least if you wanted to get up more frequently, I think you could without having to travel as far. Yes. Which is great. And I, and you've been, I, I've run yeah, this online. What's that? And I don't mind the travel. In uh, July 31st through the 2nd of August is uh, July through the 2nd of August. It's not set in stone yet. That's just the idea dates. Um, a friend of mine who used to own his own club doesn't anymore, but he's huge in Tennessee um, in the entertainment industry, and he's flying me down there to tour the state. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, How do you think you'll play in Tennessee? Um, well, he's, he read my jokes on Twitter and is like, that is going to kill at the club. So if he read them and that de- hasn't actually even heard me talk about it, I think I'll do fine. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's good to like be a comedian that can play to like middle America. Cause you could make a fuck ton of money just being like a touring comedian for not yep. New York and LA. Like a yeah, lot of people he, yeah, a lot of people. Do. I, I'm I'm doing like seven cities down in Tennessee. It's gonna be a huge amount of work in a very short amount of time, but I can't fucking wait. That's awesome. Tennessee has a lot of people who live there that really appreciate art and performance. It's a good place to go for anything. Every time I've ever played Nashville or anything, beautiful. I've always wanted to go. People to really care down there. It's nice. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah actually, that to do performance is good, but. Performing in New York is so fucking difficult. It Not is. Nobody cares. Yeah. Unless I pay to see someone, I don't give a shit. I hate to say it, but yeah, it's true. That's pretty much the way it goes everywhere. They really don't care. If it's an open mic night, they're just going there for the cheap beer. Yeah. I'm like, I only go to comedians if I like, like, like the comedian, right? And then hopefully they, I like the opener. Right. I usually, and I don't really like comedy clubs. Like I really like, there, I live by a small theater that brings in like a lot of cool comedy. Like I saw Kyle Kinane there recently, and so I was like, all right, and that was like my style. Right. That was a good time. That's awesome. But that's a that sounds amazing. And you seem really hip to the social media too, though. Like you're stuck in rural, a rural area, but like you know you can get on podcast and Twitter and all that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm doing so many podcasts. It Actually, that uh, brings up a point I want to say before I forget it. Um, once I have the solid schedule for Tennessee or New York or wherever the hell it is that I go, I want to come back on, um, even if it's just for a couple of seconds, to give it to you guys. Oh, yeah. Let uh, me know for... anything you ever need. I'll plug it. I got you yeah. covered. Yeah. Um, yeah, no problem. That's awesome. Oh, that, that's Absolutely. Kind of, that's a, so you're, that's an exciting time. So like, you figured out all this after the kids were here and we're, are still going for it. That's you don't really hear about that that often. Yeah, I mean, it took me a long time. I, I've tried. I've tried a whole assortment of different things, and like I, I was born into a family with no talent, and it's kind of weird <laughs> that uh, that I'm actually funny enough to make people laugh. Uh, I mean, my dad is fucking hilarious. I don't come from nowhere. My dad is one of the funniest guys that I've ever met in my life. And um, funny on stage and funny off stage are very different. Well, no, um, my dad would be funny on stage if 
he uh, was actually able to get up there. Like, I'd have to duct tape him to a chair, and even then, he wouldn't get on stage. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. Have you done any improv or any of that stuff? Is like th- that popular up there? Um, improv isn't very popular up here, no. Um, I mean, I sometimes I I will weed it into my act. Like, uh, I improv a lot of my shows. If I, I go up on stage with a set, but if the audience reacts in a certain way and it sparks like an on the spot joke, I'll just say it. Oh, that's awesome. And see, and see how it goes. Like I don't, I go up there with a set, but nine times out of 10, I don't follow the set. I just say whatever comes to mind and hope it works. (laughs) So is one of you guys outside? Yeah, I am. Oh, are you on a phone? Yeah. Oh, and, Oh, okay. All right. I got so confused. Like, is that a car? Yeah, no, I'm outside because there's a lot better service out here. It's not skipping out. Pat, are you on your phone again, too? I am on my phone. That's fucking, I should get some figure. And you got your sound quality is so good. I'm like, I spent all this money on equipment. And I'm like, huh, I uh, did something wrong. I'm actually wearing shitty store-bought headphones. Damn it. I'm on like a shore mic and all that stuff. So Pat, how um, Pat, you're the music guy, but like you're also a big comedy fan. Yeah. What What have you been? Who you been? Who's like on your radar right now that we should listen to? Oh man, um, you know, I've just been I just spend more time just digging into the world of podcasts than I do anything. Yo, me too. I feel like I like my love of comedy has come from co- comedy podcast. Oh, always. I mean, so I don't. I haven't really been listening to comedians too much. I've, I just kind of cycle through the same podcasts uh, as they, you know, come out on my phone in my car. That's really all I do. I I, I recently become obsessed with this podcast called uh, Everything's Coming Up Mil- uh, Podcast, and it's like these. I think it's a musician and a comedian, and it's it's a Simpsons podcast, and they have like people who like. Are also Simpsons nerds and talk about the Simpsons. It's amazing. So, who are you listening to podcast-wise, Cameron? Um, actually, listening to, I'm, I'm really not. I'm more on them than I listen to them. Oh yeah, I, so. what, what, I was just listening to you on uh, employees must. Employees must wash their hands. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that that is actually the title of a TV show that we're gonna start filming in Maine. Um, Michael, Adam Rowe, and myself. Uh, oh, really? Mike's actually, yeah, Mike's actually the director of it. And in June, we're going to be filming what he called a dummy pilot. Um, and what's the basic uh, outline of that show? That, it's... From what he described it to me, is that it's, it's mainly about a deli and... These guys go to visit the deli clerk a lot, and that's where a lot of like their, you know, their funny, stupid arguments happen. Um, I don't know much about it right now because he sent me a very basic script. Is this your um, acting debut? It'll be my first time. Yes, I've never acted before, and they know that. And I guess uh, Adam's never acted either, so we're pretty much just two brand new people getting in front of a camera for the first time. Kevin's so, and we're both. <laughs> And and we're yeah, and we're both comedians, so it should be kind of fun. That should be fun. Yeah, I love when com- comedians act. Uh, or you see them. Anytime I watch any any, I just saw Tomorrowland and like uh, Keegan Michael Key was in it. I was like, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. He was also in Pitch Perfect too. So that dude's everywhere. He is yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I fucking love those dudes. I, I watch Key and Peele, and I just like sometimes I get mad about. Sometimes they're it's like hit or miss, but when they hit, it's just like fucking slays me. I love I love everything Comedy Central's been doing. I'm I'm all about it. I think I watch a lot of Comedy Central. There's really nothing else on TV worth watching. Yeah, like (laughs) right. It's true. Do you guys have you seen Review with John Daly? Uh, that's Andy Daly. That's that's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's based off like an off. uh, I think is it a New Zealand or Australian TV show or something? He said, but I I, yeah, Andy Daly. I love. I fucking love him. Like I actually never knew who he was until I saw him on Eastbound and Down, and then kind of like heard him on a podcast, and he's been on everything I've ever loved. He's Ben Franklin on The Office. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> dude, that dude's so fucking ridiculous. That's oh, awesome. he's, he's, no, that's, that, that show is one of the, the best shows on television. It's so... I I, I kind of get mad. I'm like, how come I... And, but, like, not... I, I get mad because I'm like, I could never think of this. this and the way the, the way the whole narrative worked together through all that craziness was just... It was amazing. <laughs> it was just, oh, my God. It was so funny. Oh, for, is it Forrest McNeil? I haven't watched it in a while. I was I would watch that and Kroll show like back to back and just be like in pure heaven. It really does make you wonder where the hell people come up with these ideas. Where do they dig them up from? I know, and I'm like, I I want to do that, but like I I can't. <laughs> I don't. Whatever it is, I don't got it. <laughs> I also don't work at it. I think it, it's a muscle too. You know what I mean? Like. By it's a matter of honing it. Yeah, by the time you see these people yeah. on their TV show, they've been at it for 15, 20 years doing Well, I mean, I mean yeah. even even me now, you know, it's all, all related to music too. You just got to get that creative muscle going because if you would ask me 5 years ago how long it takes me to write a song, oh, it takes a little bit doing this, doing stretching it out, adding a part here, doing this here, and now I can I can bust out a pretty good song in a couple hours if the inspiration strikes. So it's just it's a matter of just working yeah. that muscle and getting that creativity constantly flowing because it, it does, it stalls and it halts if you don't, if you don't use it constantly. How do you guys find times with kids? That makes me feel so fucking lazy, dude. Because <laughs> I do not work at all on my shit. I don't, the joke pops in my head and that's as far as it goes. I don't have my creative muscle turned on. It just, well, it kind of flows in, you know, like, like, but where, you know, but where, how, but where comedians and where you exercise your creative muscle is more on the performance side, because that's where you really work it out. Because without the audience, a, a musician plays an instrument and I can sit with an instrument and write a song, but the instrument that a comedian plays is the audience. That, that joke yeah, means enough. nothing and it can't be anything until you put it in front of people to gauge the reaction and then adjust it as you need to. Oh, true. Or, I mean, I could just tell it to my kids and enjoy their fake laughter all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and even though, you know. yeah, But I imagine even if you're, like, fucking, uh, like, Seinfeld, your kids don't think you're funny. Because, like, kids never, you know, thought as a kids. Your dad my eight-year-old like, daughter... Yeah. My eight-year-old daughter has this tendency to fake laugh. Like that ha-ha-ha thing. And it is so irritating. Because it w- it won't really be funny. Like it's not a genuine laugh, but she'll just be like ha ha ha. And it's like shut, <laughs> really stop, just just stop. Like if you're not gonna laugh for real, 
Like, if you're not going to laugh for real, just don't laugh at all. It's just so... And I think it's a very jaded thing, because before I was a comic, I didn't care. Oh, yeah, you know, no. If it was a... You know, if it was a fake laugh, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, go for it. And now that I'm a comedian and she fake laughs, I'm like, just stop. Don't do that. I only want real laughs. Well, like, my show, like my show on Thursday, the, the set, because, like I said, the uh, well, I mean, the audience came there with a preset notion on the style of com- comedy they wanted to see, period. And it was an open mic, and there were eight comedians, and every single one of them were different. So, like, one guy... Got a got a huge amount of laughter, and then the other seven really nothing, and it sucked. And he still have to so go up. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I went up and I did my first joke and I got a couple of chuckles here and there, you know. But really, it was just a sea of silence. And at the end of it, I was like, wow. I was like, these jokes really are not working for you guys, are there? I was like, maybe I should choose a different career. You know, just go back to cleaning up people's shit. And that got them laughing. I was like, maybe I should just go back to cleaning up other people's shit. And that got a laugh. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But, uh, like, I, I, I go to leave the stage and a guy in the way back is like, you know, just starts, like, purposely cheering. And I'm like, dude, don't do that. Don't pretend that you're, like, friends or family that just fucking cheer to make me feel better. Like, that's not cool. Let me wallow and that in got my laugh. pity. <laughs> right? I was like, yeah, if, you know what? If my set sucks, don't fucking lie to me. You know, don't pretend to be my wife out there. <laughs> like, I've got one wife. I don't need 40 more. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. More wives? Ugh. I never understand those people who have, like, two relationships and, like, nah, one's enough. Right? No. <laughs> I love my like, wife. Yeah. One is one is too many a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Women. You're telling me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, women, guys. No, it's just I feel like if especially if like my wife is gonna go out, I get like excited because I'm like, oh man, I got the house to myself. I can do nothing. I got the house to myself. <laughs> I am gonna <laughs> jerk off and eat pizza <laughs> at the same time. At the like, same time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, why, why don't you just why don't you just jerk off with the pizza? You ever tried that? It's very it's greasy. It's good. Hey, <laughs> you got that flat yeah, jersey so you jerk pizza off too. With, you could just roll hey. it around. See, you jerk off with the pizza, and then you save that piece for your wife. So why don't we just start the the guy stuff podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> just get real misogynistic and talk about guy stuff. I hope no one out there actually masturbates with pizza. That's just a waste of good pizza. That is a waste it of good pizza. It probably is, yeah. Is there any good pizza in I can't. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> I mean, it's no. good enough to eat, I guess. Yeah, I went to school in Vermont, and, like, it's good for where you are, but not, like, what I like. It's good enough. Yeah, you know, like, I've had... Like Boston style and New York style and New Hampshire is like cardboard. Yeah. So any place called Wicked Good Pizza, not gonna be very good. <laughs> Found that the hard way. I really was like thinking <laughs> it would be good, and I was my it was my own fault. Right, it's like false advertising. It was in a, Wicked Good Pizza. Yeah, it was a store. The name was called. It was in Ludlow, Vermont. It was called Wicked Good Pizza. Right, but you know, makes you just want to spray paint shitty over the word good. Yeah, <laughs> wicked, wicked shitty pizza. Wicked shitty, and 
I, do people up where and like I only thought people in like Mass like parts of Massachusetts use wicked, but maybe in Vermont I don't use that word. That ain't my vernacular. I don't know. We use wicked up here too, yeah. and, and a bunch of other dumb shit. Uh, what? Uh, I can't even think of all the weird New Hampshire lingo I used to know. Oh. Join the club. I live here. Rush I, I have to listen to it, but I don't use it. Yeah. It's a whole different world. Well, my internet. New Hampshire is a different country. Yeah. It's a different country. Yeah, we really are. We, we, we're, we're one of the most hated places in the whole fucking country. Well, every four years, you guys get to choose uh, some political. You guys become the battleground. It's like you guys and then like Ohio. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Thanks, Iowa. Guys. Iowa, that's right. Like, we're. Yeah, right. We're always like the last ones to make a decision. <laughs> and Vermont already knows it's Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> and, and New Hampshire's are kind of right down the middle with like that. It always kind of goes. But, uh, awesome, man. Well, we're hitting almost the hour, and the internet tonight is really sucking. But um, where can people find you online, Cameron? Plug your shit. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, they can find. I, I don't have a whole lot of places, but. Um, if you want to email me about anything that has pissed you off, I'm not going to care, but you can do it anyway. Please do it. People. Um, my, my email is, uh, my last name, Reedy, which is R E A D E Y two six at gmail.com. Um, yeah, feel free to bitch. I'm not going to listen, but it'd be interesting to read what you have to say. I'll use it as material in my act. Um, and then Twitter is my last name again, Reedy, and then two six Reedy because Twitter is just that fucking clever at uh, pre-making names for people. And then of course there's my Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash stories in a nutshell. That's my fan page. Um, so any of those places you can find me. And uh, Pat, what about you, man? How's the album gone and stuff since you've been here last? Yeah, no, everything's going really well, man. Um, we are performing, for anybody in New Jersey, we are performing this coming Friday, June 5th. Actually, I don't know when you're dropping this. On June 5th, we're playing at the Stanhope House in Stanhope, New Jersey. It's our only show for a while. Um, our drummer recently had some health issues. So we're going to be writing some new music and uh, putting out a new album pretty soon. But you can come check us out on June 5th if you would like. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Pat underscore Llewellyn, Facebook.com forward slash Pat Llewellyn. The band is Pat Llewellyn and the Parade. And uh, you're going to be hearing a lot from us pretty soon. Things are, things are starting to pick up speed. Well, awesome. Thank you, guys. Pat, thanks for uh, guest hosting. Cameron, thanks for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me.